0: they cut the efficiency of the financial system or the monetary system in the order of 90% or some such number uh, that it became almost impossible to clear the market the goods were there the supply was there the demand was there or even greater because there you had to be had to reconstruction after the war damage and so on but there was no mechanism to make the trade because the multilateral clearing system was not allowed to work, instead they had the bilateral and while in principle it works and gold is still there to do to make the exchanges, but what is not there is the efficiency because just imagine that all these people in the room are exchanging goods and services okay, on the multilateral system which means that you had 90 days to pay the bill you were billed for either goods or services which you uh, accepted but you had 90 days to, to clear, to pay the bill, ultimate extinguishing of that uh, trade credit. I'm asking you, how many gold coins do you need to do that? Because ultimately the bill, had, the maturing bill, had to be paid in gold. And wh- whatever number you say, is a small, going to be a small number in comparison to... now I'm asking the question for the bilateral. Suppose we we're, we're here in this room all produce goods and consume goods and there is lots of demand, lots of supply, it's just a matter of exchanging them in an efficient way. But the government did not allow you to use multilateral. You had to use bilateral. The gold coins were still there. But I'm asking you, how many gold coins you need to clear these bilateral trades? And uh, I hope you see my point that whatever number it is, it will be much, much greater than under the multilateral trade because in the multilateral case the bill itself is a means of payments, a very high uh, powered means of payment. So so many are, uh, and that's called clearing. You don't have to settle, uh, suppose you are making a pencil and your company just puts this rubber end here. Nothing more. Now suppose uh that step when you get the pencil and you put on this and pass it on to the next guy uh suppose that uh this has to be paid in gold no clearing no multilateral uh bills of exchange it can be you've got to pay it in gold but how much more gold you need if every little uh um, piece of work has to be paid in gold. Much, much more. So that is the reason why the British experiment in trying to return to the gold standard failed. Because the multilateral means of exchange, the real bill was removed. The international. the, 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 The Entente powers were in a position to block that international trade of real bills. And they did. And as a result, the demand for gold exploded, and uh, there was just not enough gold, and there's no time to mine so much more. It would have been impossible, I mean, anyhow. And that's what happened. And that's why the uh, British uh, effort to rehabilitate gold, the gold standard in 1925 uh, was doomed. So, this was imposter number uh, number one, was it? Uh, The bullion, because there was another thing which the British did uh, in 1925. Very stupid in retrospect. They abolished the wonderful gold coin they had for uh, many, many years, but originally going back to Isaac Newton, who was the warden of the Royal Mint in the Tower at that time, and they withdrew it from circulation not allowed they were demonetized using a uh, technical word and they put something extremely clumsy and and awkward and and uh, very uh, inadequate in gold instrument in its space could you tell me what it was 400 Ah, the 400-ounce gold bar, which is 20, um, which is 12 and one-half kilogram. Uh, It's it's not too big, but very, very heavy. And that was the smallest unit of gold which was supposed (coughs) to finance world trade. But for some purposes, it, it filled the bill. But for so many others, it just failed. You know. And that idea was originally formulated by David Ricardo, as I told you already. And it was called the gold bullion standard. It was promoted as a brilliant idea that it economizes in the, uh, in the uh, efficiency of gold because you don't have to distribute the gold coins among millions of people you just uh make available these 400 on gold bars among the top traders import export companies which do make their trades in that uh, order of magnitude and and uh, when they clear at the clearing house It's a proper (coughs) instrument. I mean, they did these uh, 400 ounce gold bars existed before World War I, too, but they were used for a certain limited purpose, and gold coins were used for a much wider uh, 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 circle of trade. And uh, so here we are, imposter number one the gold bullion standard. Is is the standard which excludes gold coins from circulation, to replace these gold back, and it's it's clumsy, it's inefficient, and you can uh, invent other words to describe this. All right, now I will have to go on because time is flying, and. Uh, uh, come to the second episode, post World War episode, uh, which happened only a few years after the British, and that's the United States. Now, the United States went off the gold standard in March 1933. Roosevelt was elected as the new president in 1932, in November, the usual time of elections. But he did not take office in those days. Nowadays the new president, the president-elect, takes power um, in January. But in those days there was a longer interregnum. The practice was that the new or the president-elect takes uh, the oath of office in March. So Roosevelt took office, took the oath of office in March, and in three days' time, he issued an order which confiscated the gold of the citizenry. It defaulted on the uh, silver, silver of the gold certificates of the United States they were no longer exchangeable for gold, defaulted on all the outstanding debts of the United States which are gold bonded, and made it a felony, for an individual to hold or trade gold. Now, if you ever thought that there was a more uh, thorough-going abolishing of the gold standard, then you are mistaken. I mean, they couldn't have done more to abolish it. All the gold coins were withdrawn and sent to the refinery. They melted in a huge country like the United States with tremendous amount of trade, collecting all the gold coins from circulation under uh, the law. That if you didn't comply, then you had to face the consequences. Uh, I think the minimum. Monetary penalty was something like twenty thousand dollars in those uh, <laughs> gold dollars, and uh, and uh, there was a jail term also. I forget forget the details. So that was stamping out the gold standard as thoroughly as you can do it, and. Uh, that was in violation of the promises which Roosevelt did during the election campaign in 1932 where he used these words the the uh, the integrity of the monetary standard has to be preserved at all uh, a talk cost. That was one of the election slogans and he pilloried his uh, opponent, which was Hoover at the time, President Hoover, the incumbent president, that he made irresponsible statements in the election campaign with the result that the international standing of the dollar was Came under a cloud. Well, anyhow, this is just party politics. You can say it's just meaningless, and no uh, knowledgeable people would pay attention to it. But the fact that the gold coins were removed was a fact, and it was executed. Uh, uh, yet, or oh, incidentally, the default on gold payments was both domestic and international and domestic convertibility of the dollar was never reversed but the international convertibility was and the surprise is just how soon it was, I'm coming to that in a moment I'm just pointing out to you that the the purpose of the exercise was to take your gold or paper promises to get paid in gold and devalue the dollar in terms of gold and then where you wanted to re-establish convertibility like the international (coughs) convertibility of the dollar you re-establish it but at the new parity which means stealing that much gold in the order in the event it was in the order of fifty six percent stolen by the government of the United States from its trading partners all over the of bu- the world, but domestically when it came to the citizens of the United States, the rate of. Im- uh, robbing people was one hundred percent because you never got the gold back. You got a paper Federal Reserve note in the event which said that uh, no gold but here's the paper. Do what you can with it. And of course uh, I'm not saying the bread price went up next day because it didn't and a lot of other prices didn't go up. But if you happen to be a U.S. citizen living in France at that time, then it was 100% or 56% robbery because the French prices didn't uh, uh, follow. So there was this effect. All right. I uh, My second... Uh, episode where there was a return to gold but it was it turned out to be a failure is the uh, I'm I'm a little lousy to write it down on the board so will you please thank you very much the first one you might want to put on is the failure of or Why was Britain, why was Britain's return to the gold standard in 1925 doomed? And underneath in parentheses, imposter gold bullion standard. And now we come to the second episode failure of the U.S. to re-establish a proper gold standard in 1934 and underneath in uh, parenthesis Imposter gold exchange standard. And okay, just leave it there. So I'm talking about the second episode. President Roosevelt in 1933 made a second turnaround. The first one was to go back on his campaign promises and uh, abolish the gold standard in the United States in March. But by the end of that year, less than one year, he made a complete turnaround and he went back to the gold standard. On the date of January 1934, he announced a new gold standard. But of course it did not mean restoration of your gold coins, which were confiscated or It did not uh, involve the uh, compensation for the default on the gold instruments of the United States. It was just an international uh, reestablishing the uh, gold convertibility of the dollar for the foreign countries for foreign central banks at the new at the new exchange rate now before the gold standard was abolished in the United States the exchange rate was I think $20.67 in terms of the gold price. So one ounce of gold was a little over twenty dollars an ounce. Okay? And by nineteen thirty four there there was a fluctuating gold price in between the two dates, but by January 1934 the gold price was re-pegged, it was fixed. It was fixed at $35 an ounce. That was the official price which foreign holders of paper dollars could go to the Treasury or to the Federal Reserve Banks and get gold for their paper dollars at that exchange rate. And that remained fixed for. Uh, all the way to 1971 yeah so that's uh, uh ab- about 35 years there's no change this was the official price of gold but please notice that this was a plain highway robbery because uh, i mean the contracts some of them international and uh, sanctified by several uh, international forums and uh, called for uh, exchange at the rate of twenty dollars and now you got 35 so this was a devaluation which robbed the not just the uh, citizens of the United States but all the foreign governments and uh, it was a fraudulent default well default it was, right, because the original uh, contract was swept aside by, uh, unilaterally by the government of the United States and an arbitrary figure, 35, was brought in and then you could continue business on that basis but when you as the debtor go back and pay some on your debt obligations at a lower rate and you still have the assets which you were supposed to pay this is not just a default but it is a fraudulent default, and there is a very obvious difference between the two. A default because you ran out of money, and sorry, well, what can I do? I mean, if you take my coat for it, I'll be happy to give it to you, but there's not much else I can do. But this wasn't the case at all. The United States still had by far the biggest gold horn in the world, and they, they refused to uh, satisfy their creditors at the originally contracted rate. So that is a very shameful chapter in the uh, monetary history of the world, and in particular the monetary history of the United States. Now how do we? Uh, it's eleven o'clock. It is So morning tea will. Sorry. Morning tea will be coming in any minute now, so uh, feel free to stop at this point. Take take a few more minutes. You can take a few more minutes as well. I don't have to excuse <laughs> myself. All right. Now, I, I won't be able to go through this because the history of failed gold standards is much longer than the time I am allowed. But I tell you what the next one is. This we are at 1934. But then, of course, the uh, World War two was already in the making, in the background. And at the end of World War two in 19, well, towards the end, 1944, this infamous conference, uh, the Bretton Woods Conference. Bretton Woods is a um, Resort area in the United States, the state of New Hampshire. Uh, but this is not important. The uh, uh, victorious Allied powers were invited and they decided the future shape of the monetary relationship in the world. And they came out with uh, what is known, did I? the gold exchange standard yeah right, yeah. yeah okay that I, I should say a word about that. Uh, so going back to episode number two, it's uh, a gold exchange standard because uh, other kind of because the US dollar was in a way, convertible into gold so in a way the u.s dollar did substitute for gold payments and therefore it became very common or soon after nineteen thirty four that trading countries other than the united states paid for their imports and collected for their exports not in gold, as before World War I, but in, in U.S. dollars, because U.S. dollars were indirectly representing gold. And this was bad, why? Because the, uh, it involved double counting. The gold was first counted as a reserve against the U.S. dollar. So far so good. But then other countries which did not bother keeping a gold reserve at home they just kept balances, dollar balances, and they considered this as equivalent to gold. So the same gold which the U.S. had was counted again for trading purposes in the world uh, because the dollar was supposed to be backed by gold. That's clear double counting. And if you try to run an insurance company on that principle, you very soon end up in jail because you can't do that. The insurance company should have certain reserves for various contingencies and then start saying, okay, we count it again and we can issue more policies you know. All right, so now we come to episode three, and uh, I will just have to cut it very short. In 1944, the Bretton Woods Conference made this a universal principle. The imposter, which is the same, gold ex- Okay, three, failure of the gold standard Conceived at Bretton Woods in 1944. Measure of the gold standard. Gold standard at Bretton Woods in 1944, and you don't have to repeat imposter, but but just an, an arrow will do. Just an arrow going back to, yeah. This was the apotheosis of the gold exchange standard. The dollar was made officially worldwide the reserve currency of the world. So that was more and more and more double counting of gold. It was a gold standard of sorts, but it was pretty obvious that this is not going to succeed. Now, where is Louis? I have Louis to rely to, on him for... Louis had to go. Shall we break now? Oh, yeah. then, okay. We'll I, um, uh, I uh, just uh, sign off, and we continue with the debate after fifth... 15 strictly minutes. 15 <laughs> strictly 15, strictly 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Th- Thank very you very much. much. <laughs>